being an expert on general automotive knowledge, what would the correct ignition timing be on a 1955 Bel Air Chevrolet with a 327 cubic inch engine and a full barrel carburetor? It is a trick question. Watch this. Because Chevy didn't make a 327 in 55. The 327 didn't come out till 62. And it wasn't offered in the Bel Air with a four barrel carb till 64. However, in 1964, the correct ignition timing will be four degrees before top dead center. Get ready for another hour of Drive Radio, brought to you by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Got a question for the experts? Then give them a call, 303-477-5600. Now it's time to pop the hood and get our hands dirty. Drive Radio on KLZ 560 The Source. All right, folks, and uh, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560, myself, Ken Rackley. Thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it very much. We will talk today probably also when it comes to the just the new used car supply end of things. You know, I've got um, some things along those lines that we can talk about as well. And uh, just, again, my own gut feeling is, and I know that there are folks that may uh, disagree with me on this, and there's even some guys out there that write for some big uh, – publications and that that'll tell you that things will be back here by the end of this year and i talked about this some last week but no i don't see that happening no not going to be there sorry folks just isn't going to happen well there's already such a backlog and just to overcome that backlog and then continue on is is going to take you know agree to to build the inventory and stuff like that i think you're and i've had some folks even in the last um you know, several weeks kind of verify that in multiple ways. Some of you have been sending me articles and things along those lines. So, yeah, I, I think that's, yeah, I think that's exactly right. So, anyways, give us a call, 303-477-5600. You can text us a question as well, 307-282-22, 307-282-22. A question of the day is, because I'm going to go to the Barrett-Jackson auction this next weekend, if you could buy any classic car, Oh, sure. I wish. <laughs> I mean, there are some I would love to, but well, yeah. Here's my. I shouldn't say this, but I will. My problem with buying things at auction. Not saying you're not going to get a really nice car at an auction because a lot of them get sold. Sure. They're really nice, beautiful cars. But I, I have a problem overpaying for cars, and typically cars sold at auction. Not always, but in a lot of cases, people are overpaying for that car. Because they get into, you emotion know, and yeah, they get emotional right, and there's exactly. this contest between the other bidder and, you know, who's going to yeah, win right. and so yeah. on. And typically cars, that's why guys send them to auction in the first place because they know they're going to get more money yeah. out of it. Keep this in mind as you're watching some of those prices when they roll across and you see what a car sells for. So, for example, if a AC Cobra sells for a million bucks, that's not what the buyer paid. The buyer paid a million one because every auction house, for the most part, gets 10% on top of the selling price that the buyer is now paying. The seller, by the way, he gets a 10% deduction. So in the case I just gave you, uh, whoever that auction house is, in this case, Barrett-Jackson, they make $200,000 on a million-dollar sale because they're making 100 on one side and 100 on the other is yeah. typically 10, how this 10% works. 10 and sides, 10 on so, both yeah, sides. Exactly. So when you see those things roll across, just keep in mind that whatever that cost was, that, you know, that price was that's showing up on the TV screen, add 10% to that, and that's what it actually sold for. So, again, one of the reasons why I'm not one to typically go to auctions and 
buy sure. cars. There's other ways to do it. When well, all those bidders are pre-screened and all that yes. stuff and everything along yes. those lines. And it's yeah. now there are there are some cases where that may be the only place. If you're really looking to buy right. that particular car, exactly. you're going to have to pony up and yeah. buy that car, or you're not going to own it. So yeah, that's right. where that auction exactly. thing and that's where that bidding war comes in. Because if there's two or three people, which by the way, Barrett Jackson, these guys are smart. Yeah. They know where these buyers are, so they know. Sure. Yeah, Ken Rackley, he's a guy that I know. Been you know he's been looking. He's been at several auctions. He he really wants to buy an AC Cobra. So, you know what? We're even going to invite him down. We're going to put him up. We're going to make sure he's got really good front row tickets, and we're going to see if we can sell him an AC Cobra. They sent me my ticket. They asked if I could buy the third <laughs> one from them, too. So, I, you know, I'm... I, I had to put it off this year, you know, other you plans. This, you got other right, stuff. Right, right, right. But that's, <laughs> folks, that's how this works. Yeah. They, they know yeah. where those guys are. They, they know, and they want to, you know, they want to hype this thing up as well. So they'll not only find, you know, Ken, but they'll find Ken and Charlie and Larry, and they'll invite them all to come yeah, down right. because then they can yeah. get this thing yeah, hyped up really as much cool. as they can. And, that, and, and again, nothing wrong. It's just, it's a business model. Nothing yeah, wrong with it. No, that's right. just how they work. Yeah, exactly. It's why I don't and, buy things at auction. And why? Well, and then the people that, that they have to market their, they know that those vehicles, if they're out there and somebody wants to sell them, they have to try to track those people down too. That's right. So, so again, yeah. it's, so it's, it's a big, and yeah. can, do they earn that 200 grand? Oh, yeah. Sure? Yeah, they're earning sure. it. Yeah, there's a yeah, lot that goes exactly. into putting these things on, so they're earning it. Well, there's a cost there. There's a facility there. I that's mean, right. that's just. They have a cost yeah, there. Exactly. exactly. Everything. So, everything. That's right. Alan Denver, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hello, Al. Hi. How are we doing, sir? Good. Say, I have a 98 Avalon, and uh, in the morning when I go to start it, I'll turn the key on, nothing happens. But then if I move the steering wheel, the column, steering column, and then it'll start. Hmm. For some reason, yeah, it's been doing that for a while now. Oh, okay. Is it worse when it's cold, or does it matter? It doesn't matter, yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I mean, I've really noticed it now that it's cold, but I mean... Uh, I've noticed that during the summer, too, sometimes it'll do that. Oh, okay. And then I just have to jiggle the steering wheel, and then it'll start. I don't know if there's something in the column or... Probably something not making proper contact in the electrical system there is kind uh-huh. of what I'm thinking. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, I called you a while back on that indicator light that the brakes, uh, the uh, lights are out in the back, and I checked all that and nothing. Oh, okay. I, it's probably, it probably has to be that brake switch then. Because I checked the, the two bulbs in the back, and they were good. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, they'd have to check that circuit, too, and see what's going on there for sure. Uh-huh. Well, I checked all the all the fuses and yeah. all that stuff, and everything's good. But uh, yeah, it's just that, um, so I bought one at Napa, you know, just a, a brake, brake switch. switch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, and no help? Did it? Did it? Well, work no, or? I haven't put it in yet. Oh, okay. Or haven't had it put in. Okay. Yeah. Got to climb underneath the dash to to do that. So yeah. Well, is that right? I don't know where it's at. Yeah. Yeah. It's down on the brake pedal. So. And I'm just way too old to get under there. Yeah. That's for sure. Know the feeling. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, when, you're, when you're 86, it's, it's hard to do. You know, it's hard to do when, yeah, you're, when 55. you're 55. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it, and it wasn't it, it wasn't that it was easier when you were 20, no, but it, it no. just your, um, your bones were you know, a little more flexible. Yeah, I think. you were more apt to <laughs> exactly. want to be able to get in and do that. Than, <laughs> That's very uh, true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, very true. That's great. Okay. That's awesome. Right. Al, yeah. thanks. We appreciate the phone call very much. And again, folks, uh, we've got Ken Rackley, Tune Tech Automotive. If you need him, 
Just give him a call today. Again, he's out in Aurora. Give me your, your phone number again real quick, Ken. Yeah, phone number 303-364-3391. And, yeah, we've been there for a long time and had that same phone number since 1970. Six or eight, 78, actually, yeah. So, Good for you. Yeah. All right, so we got a question, and this is something that it might take me a little bit of time to go through all of these, but th- these are great questions, by the way. Thank you for emailing this in. I do appreciate it. So please talk about the prices on Bring a Trailer. It's crazy. There are, you know, some old vet resto mods and so on going for 170 grand. I've, yeah, by the way, I've seen some of those. What are my thoughts on Cobra replicas, uh, all the ones that are out there, Factory 5 and so on? And uh, I've really been following these, and the price is really going up. It, and it is. It depends on the, the replica, and I'll talk about that as well. Uh, they do have appeal. And, and by the way, a good replica, just for those that maybe don't know what an actual original AC Cobra looks like, the replicas are actually better-looking cars in most cases. They've better done, lines, just, yeah, yeah. They've done a little flared. better job of you know wheel flares and some things like that. The original AC Cobras, even though they're a really great-looking car, they weren't as good-looking as some of the replicas are. And so there is some really, really great replicas. Um, also, what would I value? This is where Ken maybe can come into play as well. Uh, what would I value a 99F550 crew cab? It's got a Temco flatbed, four-wheel drive. Uh, it's got rebuilt transmission, Jasper 7.3. Got about 6,000 miles on it. Everything on it works great. Truck has about 156,000 miles. Great condition. It's a 550. Yeah. I I would have I I'm going to I'm going to go out on a limb here and probably say around 15 but maybe more. Yeah. Maybe as high as 20 on that truck just because of the engine just because of what it is. Because of everything's been done on it uh drivetrain wise it sounds like, you know. I would start if I was going to sell that truck and advertise it, I would probably start in the low 20s. Yeah. Just to see what kind of response you get. If you right. start getting some response, you know you're not far off. Right, exactly. Uh, if you get no response, you know you're way high. But there's that old saying, you can't go back up. You can come down, right. but you can't exactly. go up. Well, and, and two, yeah, is somebody looking for that vehicle. It, it's worth way more to somebody looking for that particular Correct. vehicle than it and is. And some are. Yeah. Because exactly. that's a non-emissions. You know, you can right. still work on that fairly easily. Exactly. Uh, you know, there are some folks out there that would pay decent money. I Honestly, the more I think about it, I'd probably put a you know twenty four nine ninety nine, you know price sure. tag on it and just see what happens. And yeah. I, and I might, by the way, I might be low on that. You know, it's yeah, it's just really hard to say. There's some early uh, Dodge, uh, you know, five nine Cummins. Nothing as fancy as even this truck, but there's some early five nine Cummins that are bringing twenty five k all day long. Yeah. And I, again, I might be a little low on that. Is that you know that that twenty to thirty range, probably somewhere. I think my fifteen is too low, but somewhere in that twenty and thirty range. And I know that's a big range, but that's probably close to what that truck's worth. So, any other questions like that? By the way, let us know. I'll answer them. And, and our pad, hang tight. I'll, I'll come back on why I think. You know, bring a trailer, and, and what do I think of some of the replicas, and which ones are better than others? I'll I'll explain some of that to folks listening because I I do think that's one of those where you could buy a kit and build one, and if you've got the ability to do all of that in some time, you, you'd have a you'd have something that I think would bring not only the money that you put into it, but will appreciate over time, but will not be a huge investment. Comparatively speaking, on the front side. Right, yeah. Anything you build for yourself is not going to – you're probably not going to be a good investment, but you're building it for yourself. Correct, correct. Yeah. I mean, it, it's 
it's building what you want. But you in, in this particular case, if you do it correctly, I do think you get your money back. So yeah, is it a, right. you know, is it a you know, here's the thing. Will you get the investment you put back into it dollar-wise? Yes. Will you get all of your labor paid? Probably not. Right, yeah. And, and I think that's what Ken was referring yeah. to there. You're, you're, you're not going to get paid for your right. labor. Exactly. And if you pay somebody to build it, you're not going to get that right. out of it. exactly. But if you've got some of the ability to do it, and I'll, I'll tell you what I think is, as far as some of the better kits that are out there. So we'll be right back, though. Myself, Ken Rackley, Tech Automotive. Lines are open, 303-477-5600. Question of the day, by the way, if you could buy any classic car, one, what would it be? Let us know. 303-477-5600. This is Drive Radio. It's the new year, and Geno's Auto Service in Littleton would like to thank all of their great customers for the continued patronage and support over the past 38 years. Start the new year with savings on all of Geno's premium Napa Auto batteries. Stop in for a free battery check. The team at Geno's are big believers in catching problems before they start. Take advantage of their free multi-point inspection. They'll evaluate your vehicle, looking at your fluid levels, belts, hoses, and filters. And remember, any maintenance or repair work on your vehicle comes with a NAPA Peace of Mind warranty, covering parts and labor for 36 months or 36,000 miles. To make your life simpler, Geno's offers loaner vehicles so you can drop your car off and pick it up when ready. They're AAA approved and located at Bowles and Platte Canyon in Littleton. Take advantage of Geno's free battery check this month. Stop in or visit them online at genosautoservice.com. That's Geno's with a J. Your next oil change could change the life of your vehicle forever. If you think that's a tall order, maybe you've been getting the wrong oil change. A BG Performance Oil Change BG. comes with a lifetime of engine and fuel system coverage and something else, peace of mind. Where do you find it? Find a shop in your neighborhood at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. Because an oil change that offers a lifetime of peace of mind is a change worth making. BG. Do you know what to do in a traffic stop? Kevin Flesh would like to give you a few tips to help keep you and your passengers safe. If you are being pulled over for a traffic violation, slow down and put on your hazards, find a well-lit location that is out of the lane of traffic, keep your hands on the wheel where the officer can see them, and be polite. Don't say anything and don't give any information that is asked. If you feel it's necessary, record the traffic stop, and then if you need any legal help, call Kevin Flesh at Flesh Law Firm. Kevin is our legal eagle and is an expert in traffic altercations and accidents. So put this number into your phone, 303-806-8886. You can also find Kevin online at fleshlawfirm.com. Kevin Flesh, Flesh Law Firm, and proud sponsor of Drive Radio. Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Okay, back to the, you know, what kit car would I buy when it comes to the, you know, AC Cobra side of the fence. And Arpad, thanks for asking that. And, again, lines are open, 303-477-5600. Give us a call. We'd, we'd love to chat. And 
I will tell you that, you know, because I did a little bit of research on this before, long story, but the super performance cars, I, I think, and not all of theirs, because they've got several different ways of doing a an AC Cobra, depending on which kit you want to buy, but I think their cars are as close to the original factory cars as you're going to find. And and nothing against the other brands. I, I just don't know those other brands as well. The Factory 5 cars, they build a nice car. I, I will tell you that right now. I've seen seen plenty of their cars, and they build a pretty nice car as well. Like any kit car, though, this really does come down to who is the person doing the building of. Right. What componentry did you use? You know, who who wired the car? I mean, how, how was it assembled? What kind of a craftsman was that particular individual? You know, who did the paint and the interior and all that kind of stuff? And again, um, what this comes down to is who is the actual builder of the car? And and by the way, there's some guys that are are very very sharp at doing this, and some guys that can even do it in their own garage, and they. They do a really, really good job. So there's some really solid craftsmen out there. Some of you listening to me even are really solid craftsmen. Uh, but, you know, going back to what Ken was saying, you you probably will not make all of your investment back, not initially. Now, you may if you keep the car long enough. And the other question was, those cars have an appeal, but folks don't seem to own them for a super long time. I, I think that's because kits, this is my opinion. I think guys that build kits, this is just my own Opinion. You build a car, you get done with it, you're driving it, you're having some fun, but if you really like building cars, you're ready to go do the next one. Right. So you're typically, okay, I've got that one all done, I'm ready for the next project, and it's a hobby for a lot of these guys. They're not even looking at it as, you know, what am I going to get out of this money-wise? I just know I want to go build the next car. And yeah, in sense. a lot of cases, it's not that they've, you know, lost favor with that car. It's just like, okay, I knew what I did. It's like houses. Okay, I knew what I built wrong in the last one. Right. Let me... I'll now do it again and not make that same mistake, so then they go hop on another project. That's typically where these types of cars come from. It's not that they're bad cars. There's anything wrong with them. It's just typically the guy that built it's ready to go build another one. Yeah. And what you really sense. need to ask there, then, is how many of these, of these did you build? Yeah, right. Is this the first one? Is this the If it's the first one, one there's going to be mistakes. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. I, just, I can just tell you because that's how this yeah. works. Mm-hmm. If it's the fourth or fifth, eh, probably pretty good. Yeah, chance exactly. it's Makes sense. a pretty good car at that point. So yeah. now, the topic of prices on Bring a Trailer. So for those of you out there listening, don't know what Bring a Trailer is. It's sort of a mini auction site for old cars. It's called Bring a Trailer because typically it's a car you're gonna bring a trailer to pick up and then take home. That's why they call it Bring a Trailer. And what I will tell you is, I I have not seen just as a side note, I haven't seen a really good Bring a Trailer on Bring a Trailer yet. Yeah. Everything I've seen on Bring a Trailer, in my opinion, is somewhat overvalued. Now, part of that is because of the auction nature of what's going on there. It's not just a car that's listed that's then for sale. It's a bidding process. So, you know, it'll go on there for 12, 14, however many days. And sometimes it got reserved, sometimes they don't. And I can't remember if Bring a Trailer has, has a reserve policy or not. But it's just like a, a typical auction where there either, either is or isn't a reserve price, and the way that works typically is just like on eBay, once the reserve is met, whatever the price is, that's what it sells for, and done deal. And to Arpad's point, some of the early vet resto mods are bringing, in my opinion, far more money than they're worth. They're, They're just, they're not worth the kind of money. I don't think they're worth the kind of money some of these are bringing. But there's that old saying, Ken, what's something worth? What somebody's willing to pay for. Yep, exactly. You know, if somebody's buying that to 
drive it to the car shows and, you know, and do this and that and, you know, make it a daily driver, you know, maybe that's worth something more to somebody that, because it's not going to be worth buying to let it yep. sit because it's not going to value. Right. It's not going to increase right. in value. And our pet sent another email, and he's correct on this one as well. He said, you know, he enjoys, he enjoys re- reading all the comments on Bring a Trailer. I do too, What by the way. I, I do a lot of that as well. And something that comes up is registering and plating, especially when it comes to states such as ours or California with strict carb emission standards. Very true. And that's one of those things where depending upon the year of the car, you have to be really careful with. Even here in Colorado, the original, even if you're going to do a classic car plated car, it's a 75 or older vehicle, you still, in the state of Colorado, have to get an initial emissions test on said vehicle. You will not get a license plate without getting that initial emissions test, even on one of these old cars, resto mods, whatever it happens to be. So, again, one of those things where you really have to be aware of what you're buying on the front side, or you very well could end up with a car you can't. Re- I mean, you can register the car. You can you can, you can get it. You can get it in your name, title wise, but you're not going to drive that car because you're never going to get license plates for it. Right. Exactly. And and something like that too. Buying something a classic like that. Yeah, finding somebody to work on that vehicle. If you can't yourself. If you yeah, can't yourself. That's a great point. Yeah, because I get a lot of calls that, you know, people in their, you know, early or late, or yeah, early 90s, late 80s, 70s, and, you know, I just have to say, well, you know, we're just not equipped to work on those vehicles anymore. And, mo- by the way, um, most shops are not. Nothing against, right. you know, Ken in, in any way, shape, or form, or any of the rest of our guys that are in our, our network here, because none of them do that type of work. Right. We, we, you know. The industry right now, just so everybody knows, is so inundated with just keeping everybody's regular daily driver going because of right. where we're at with new cars, used cars, and so on. There is no time right. for a guy to bring an old classic car in and work on it. It's just—it's not feasible for right. these guys to because do that. Because they take so much time, and that time relates to dollars-wise, too. So, you know, we— for the longest time, we had people bringing in their 80s, you know, cars that would fail emissions, carbureted cars and stuff like that. Well, you know, got to figuring out that by the time you were able to actually get those set up to where they would pass, you know, you got five or six hours in it. I mean, you're looking 900000 And then it may not run the way the guy wants, so now you're back you're to putting it where it was. Right, exactly. You get it through the emissions, and then it's like the next year or two years later, they're back at square one if the parts are available, if, if, if you know, there's a lot of lot of things that go on there but they are so time consuming and you know it like like john said just trying to keep up with the the demand right now on on the daily drivers is is really well and and ken brings up a great point too this is where and i think there are certain shops that may have to end up you know setting up to do this as we talked to even kurt rogers earlier on what are the future you know hot rods going to look like in other words what are future generations going to buy when it comes to hot rods and if that ends up being some of the either you know cars that are 10 you know today that are 10 15 years of age or newer i mean you take some of the new cars even right now that are hot rods dodge demon some of the corvettes things along those lines corvette z01s and so on you mustangs even if some of those of today are going to be a hot rod on down the road and they likely will be because those are cars that most likely will still be running yeah. relatively easily on down the road because of the the way they're currently set up now. Now, times will change. Other technology will replace even what's there today. The plus side is there's a gazillion amount of equipment 
out there, scan tool-wise and so on, running around today to work on these current cars yeah. that 15, 20 years from now should be still readily available to keep those cars going. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's where some of the current, quote-unquote, hot rods will have some advantage to what Ken was just talking about, because you take a 69 Camaro, for example, that's all carbureted and has yeah. to be tuned and even right. has points and things along those lines. You know, you run down the, you run down the road at, uh, you know, 15, 20 years from now, how many guys are going to be running around that could even work on carburetors then? Right, exactly. Yeah. So where that car of today, you'll be able to get that car working and running relatively easily on yeah. down the road. So just food for yeah. thought. And then resto mods too, they're all current, software and stuff like that so hopefully them again right exactly and that's another one where speaking of resto mods you need to know when you're buying that resto mod what how was it built and with what yeah right exactly how readily available are some of those things going to be because some resto mods can get so unique that (laughs) only the builder knows that's right only that guy's going to adjust it yeah exactly or or, or make necessary adjustments to keep the thing running that's another thing on resto mods to really look at what did they use to build said resto mod and how easily accessible is that going to be in the future did they use a factory platform did they you know use a holly or a edelbrock or or whatever whatever. happens to be right exactly yeah and then how is that all intertwined with all the rest of the correct equipment on the vehicle great point so again folks these are great questions and mike uh all the way uh, down in Alabama, thanks for listening. You used to be up here in Parker. We appreciate you listening. His choice, by the way, is both a, a Buick GSX Stage 1 or the Grand National GNX. Yeah, I would love to have an original GSX Stage 1 since I'm kind of a GS guy and have a 68 uh, you know, 400 GS myself. I would love a, an, an early GSX. It would be a great car. They are still, how should I say this? There's still more of a buy than some of the early Chevelles and things are because the Buicks and Pontiacs and Oldsmobiles just don't do what that, sh- right. that bow tie uh-huh. does for some reason, even right. though it was as fast of a car as what yeah. was on the Chevy side. Exactly. And really the body was basically the same. Yeah. Uh, they just don't do as well as the other cars do for some reason. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a, it comes back to that demand side. There's just more demand on the Chevy side than there well, are the Buick Olds it, and Pontiac side. There's more available for the Chevy side, too. Correct. I, I mean, uh, you know, rebuild re- right, yes. exactly. That's and, right. And I mean, less expensive too. Yeah, I mean, they use that same engine in the Chevys that they on up to, you know, whenever two thousand. Right. Where the Buick and the old engines, right. you know, were kind well, of well. And another comparison on the Ford side, for example, would be you've got Mustang or Mercury Cougar. Now, they're not, I know they're not exactly the same car as far as platforms go, but you know, relatively same you know, engine, same, same drive engine, train, fa- same. You know, yeah, they're fast, exactly, all that. Right, you know. Yeah. But the Mercury's will not bring what the Mustangs right. will. Right. It's another example of even yeah. though same manufacturer, so same yeah. overhead nameplate, uh-huh. if you would, but two yeah. different versions of yeah. car, the Cougar won't bring what the Mustangs will. Yeah. Same is true with the Buick versus Chevy or the Pontiac versus Chevy. Yeah. Similar situation. So, all right, yeah. we'll be back again. Question of the day is if you could buy one classic car, no matter what the price, you've got money in the bank, you can buy it. What would that car be? 303-477-5600. Halfway through Drive Radio, we'll be right back. Again, this is Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Hello, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with Ken's and Leslie distributing your local BG Products distributor. Back again this week with your BG Tech Tip. As we roll into the snowiest months of the year, it is important to understand the Colorado Department of Transportation's winter driving requirements and restrictions. 
According to CDOT, drivers should expect every time they see a chain law required for truckers that the traction law will also be required for passenger vehicles. Under Colorado's traction law, motorists have to have either snow tires, those being tires with the mud or snow designation, or a four-wheel drive vehicle. Tires must also have a minimum of one-eighth of an inch of tread depth. Additionally, the passenger vehicle chain law requires every vehicle on the road when the chain law is in effect to have chains or an alternate traction device. Already this winter, the Colorado State Patrol has been proactively checking for proper equipment during winter driving conditions. When either of these laws are in effect, motorists may be fined more than $130 for not having proper equipment or more than $650 if they block the roadway. So, if you dare to head out to brave the I-70 parking lot, make sure your vehicle is properly equipped and save yourself the cost and the embarrassment of a ticket for blocking the roadway. Thanks again, Drive Radio listeners. This is Chris Hammond with BG Products. We'll talk to you again next week. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio For a limited time, KLZ listeners who purchase a high-efficiency American Standard Furnace will receive a free air purification system. Terms and conditions apply. Call now for an estimate on your new furnace, 720-526-0231. Unlike other air purification systems that produce ultraviolet light, the Solus air filters from Absolute contain up to two UV lamps, as well as an oxidation bulb, providing another layer of purification. By purifying both the return and the supply, this Solace Air solution protects the blower motor inside your furnace while cleaning the air in your ducts. Powerful enough to purify the air flowing quickly through your system, the Solace Air solution could prolong the life of your furnace while preserving your lungs. For KLZ listeners only, receive a free air purification system with the purchase of a high-efficiency American Standard Furnace from Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Call 720-526-0231. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. Classic car insurance is not created equal. Some insurance companies won't offer you insurance at all, and if they do, it's most likely not the right coverage. If you have an accident or theft, do you know if your current company will cover your classic or modern hot rod for its total value? Do you know that some companies put limits on how many miles you can drive in a given year? Paul Lewinberger has been selling insurance for the past 18 years and knows the ins and outs of the insurance industry. American National Insurance has a division called Chrome Insurance that is specifically tailored toward people like you. Chrome stands for 
classic antique or modern classic, hot rod or street rod, replica or kit car, original unrestored, modified or custom, exotic, rare or unique, and in excess of $100,000 in appraised value. Don't insure your special car with anyone else. Get the best coverage at the best price by calling Paul today, 303-662-0789, or find him on our website, drive-radio.com. That's drive-radio.com. Meat purchases at retail stores represent the largest dollar amount spent by consumers for food. Retailers want and need your meat purchase dollars because it drives their total sales and profits. And yet, if you continue to buy your meat at national publicly owned companies, you are supporting their shareholders and their corporate values. And just what are their values anyway? Wouldn't you rather support a local family owned meat company that is committed to standards and values that more than likely align with yours? RanchFreshMeats.com is locally owned by a Colorado native farmer. We personally know many of the families that we source our products from. Instead of supporting large corporate interests this year with your meat purchasing power, resolve to get your meats at RanchFreshMeats.com. Get reconnected to your food and where it comes from. Shop at RanchFreshMeats.com. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Jim in Colorado Springs, you are next. Hey, uh, thanks for taking my call, John. You're welcome. Um, you, you mentioned that um, if money was not an issue, what classic car would you right. buy? Well, my vote has to go out to the classic 63 split window Corvette. That's a tough one not to, you know, that's a tough one to beat, I should say. That's a tough one to pass up. Agree. Yeah. The only the only one that I would pass up for that one would be, of course, the 67 Corvette. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah. No, and, 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 again, those, and those, of course, as you know, Jim, you're just looking. You know, those are cars that are, you know, still doing very well money wise. Even though there's some other great cars. I mean, Ken and I were just looking at some of the old Buick GNXs that, you know, oh, or yeah. GSXs, I should say, not GNXs, but the GSXs, which are bringing pretty decent money if you can find an, an original, oh. you know, seventy oh. car. But they, but they are not doing what that car you just mentioned are, and never will. By the way, they'll right. never be worth what yeah, that Corvette is. Yeah, a friend of mine's got a Grand National, and yeah, those are nice too. You know, but. Uh, yeah, I had a chance to get that in, in high school for a friend of mine at uh, his brother. You know, I was working at Hillman Woods back in the day, and yeah. twenty five hundred dollars, and it could have been mine. But um, <clears throat> my mom's like, "If you come home with another car, <laughs> you're going to be finding your own apartment to live in." You know, that's so, good. Yeah, but um, yeah, classic, classic story, great story. But yeah, the '63 split window. Every time I see one of those, I just want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because yeah, they've gone up considerably since oh, then. Oh yes, they have. Yeah. They, yeah. Yes, they certainly have. Yeah. Yeah, but even then, even if you know, even if I got, you know, if I'm fortunate enough to get one of those, even if it is uh, carbureted instead of fuel injection, hey, I, I, I. I'd do the research. Oh, you're, yeah, you'd be okay. Sure. No, you'd be fine. Yeah, no, that's a car yeah. to keep. You bet. Yeah, yeah that's not going to scare me off. Oh, no, no. That's a car to keep. Definitely. Yep. All right, well, have a good show. You and, bet, uh, Jim. No, thank, thank you very you. much. I appreciate it. Some text uh, answers coming in as well. Either the Mustang or the Charger from Bullet. Okay, I get it. Those those would be good, too. Um, somebody said, uh, surprised with all the Cobra talk, no one mentioned the Daytona Coupe. Yeah, that's a car if you could find one of those. And and those were cars that were going to get destroyed, but a few of them still made it back over here. It's in the movie, actually, where they talk about that in Ford yeah. v. Ferrari. And, yeah, yeah, you're right. That's one that we should have mentioned because that car is worth 
a yeah. boatload yeah. of money. And again, because of its its so limited right. supply of, yep. yeah, those cars are just going to keep you know yeah. going up. Because those are the ones that they they raced over in Europe, right? And then they figured it wasn't worth bringing them back to the states. The Daytona Coupe. They were not going to because yeah. the cost they weren't going to bring right. back. That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. you're 100 percent correct. Yeah. All right, Dennis in Denver, you're up. Go ahead, sir. Hey, John. Uh, Ken, good morning. Uh, good morning. To answer your question of the day, you know I'm not a car guy. I'm more of a truck guy. But the one car that I would have is the Smoking the Bandit T-Top Trans Am. Right. I agree. You know, that's a car right now. Even if I could find the right one of those, Dennis. Yeah, I'd buy one of those today if you could find the right one. Yeah. All day long. Yep. Yep. Get yeah, because and it's sad, but uh, I, there was a company that was buying up everyone they could find to turn it into a resto mod, and uh, charging a boatload of money for them when they were done. Sure. Yep. Yep. A friend of mine, he blew up the motor in one of his, and I can't remember. I think it was a '77, but um, and so him and his wife. They went out and each bought another one, <laughs> so they've got two, two uh, 78s now. So yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, those were cool cars. Agree, yeah. John. I uh, haven't heard you mention on either show. Have you followed the uh, case out of L.A. Um, where the driver of the Tesla was charged with vehicular yeah. homicide? No, I, it was in my notes the other day. just didn't get a chance to get to it. But yes, I, I, I've been following that. And, yes, you are correct. That's where they're at with it right now. They, uh, you know, people are watching this very closely because they're thinking that might be a, the nail in the coffin for autonomous driving. Well, you know, it could be. I mean, essentially what it's saying is you as a driver still have responsibility no matter what the autonomous car is doing. Now, keep in mind that that car is not rated for full autonomy, and Tesla will even tell you you need to be in the driver's seat paying attention to what's going on. So, yeah, if the car, you know, runs over somebody and kills them, yeah, you're. I, I, this one's not shocking. I'm not surprised he's charged. You're right. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I've wondered how long it would take, and uh to give you an insight into Elon Musk's thought process, somebody asked him the other day whether uh, something about the heater controls. And his reply to them was, you mean the car doesn't automatically know what you want already? So that's kind of his thought process. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, you it's know. a great article that uh, listeners sent me this week that I read through that really gives a, a solid idea of this is coming from an old engineer that worked at Tesla and really gives an idea of how you know, Elon looks at the development of a car. And this particular gentleman's uh, thought process is even though it's, it's you know, technologically advanced, there's lots of software and it's got a lot of advantages that way, there are things with it that, in other words, he's trying to fix things via software that when you build a car mechanically still have to get taken care of. And this guy's feeling is you're going to see a lot more recalls on Tesla than what you've already seen so far. And he very well could be right. Yeah, I can't even begin to imagine how complex that car is. And uh, there's a uh, YouTube channel called uh, uh, Wham Bam Tesla Cam. Yep. Huh. Watch some of I've those. I've not seen I've, that. Oh, yeah, I've seen some of those. No, I've yeah. not seen that. Uh -huh. I'll check it out. Yeah. 
it's footage that Tesla owners send in about crashes and their own experiences yeah. and people yeah. blowing rolling coal at them. But a common theme in there is how extremely long it takes to get your Tesla repaired for body damage. Yes. Yes, that well, that that was actually in this article as well, Dennis. That one of the things Tesla never factored in was the repair process process on cars. Just general things that would break on the car because it's a mechanical item. Things are going to break, and the fact that their their uh, service centers are just flat overrun with work right now, to where even if you want to get something fixed, you're waiting a good solid eight weeks or so to get your Tesla into a repair center to get something handled. And then once you get it in, who knows how right. long the repair exactly will be, right. take. Yeah. And, and their quality control, and I've said this many times, and I'm not bashing Tesla. This is just fl flat out the way it is right now. Their quality control, and there's videos of this all over the place as to you know their body fitment and things like that. Uh, their quality control on that end of things just isn't great. And again, Elon's feeling is we'll get it 90%, and we'll upload, you know, we'll download to the car whatever it needs from this point forward. Well. We all know, Dennis, that's not the way the automotive world but works. But you can't download a new front control arm and a no. new wheel. Or, or brake pads or, or brake anything pad. along you those lines. Download? No, you, you, you cannot. We need to work on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've said it for many, many years now, Dennis. And again, I, you know, I think Elon has learned some things even through COVID when it comes to his own political thoughts and that end of things and so on. And I've learned to like the guy a little more than I did a couple of years ago. But with all that being said, Dennis, he's not a car builder. And unfortunately, I don't think anybody there is. No, no. Uh, a common theme in this YouTube channel is if you have minor to moderate body damage, just plan on being out of that car for a year. Wow. wow. That long, huh? Uh -huh. Yeah, between parts and the uh, availability, or not so much availability, but getting it into the shop itself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, that wouldn't surprise you're gonna me. You're going to need a. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise you're gonna me. You're going to need a second car. Yep. Yeah. yeah, that would not shock me at all. No, it would not surprise me at all. Yeah. So, All right, Dennis, good oh. stuff. Up against a break. Thanks, as always. I appreciate it. We'll be back. Questions, keep them coming. 303-477-5600. Or you can text us, 307-200-8222. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Most oil changes are the same. Old oil out, new filter, new oil in. It's a routine, a chore on the to-do list. What if your oil change wasn't the same as the rest? What if it was life-changing? BG. A BG oil change can change your life because it comes with free lifetime protection for your engine and fuel system, which means a lifetime of peace of mind for you. Find a shop near you at BGFindAShop.com. That's BGFindAShop.com. BG. No one likes to be that person. You know the one, stuck on the side of the road, busted tire, making everyone slow down to get around them. With Legacy Automotive's new tire sales, you don't have to be that person, ever. Here in our Colorado climate, you might be closer to needing new tires than you think. A bad set of tires can be dangerous and even life-threatening. Tires should be regularly examined for cracks, bulges and blisters, and other signs of wear and tear on your vehicle. The skilled team at Legacy Automotive in Boulder will be able to examine your current set of tires, let you know what they recommend based on what they find, and help you get on the road. Legacy Automotive is a Napa Gold Certified Auto Care Shop and employs ASC Certified Technicians. So don't be that guy. And make an appointment at Legacy Automotive today at 303-396-0555 or visit them online at LegacyAutomotive.com. Legacy Automotive, locally grown auto repair. 
Hunting down that hard-to-find part for an out-of-the-ordinary car can be quite a time-consuming chore. Unless, of course, you just go around the corner to your local Napa Auto Parts store, where we have over 310,000 parts, all of them made to fit and perform just like the original. Yeah, there are people who say it's the journey and not the destination, but those people have never tried to find an alternator for an 82 Fiat on a Saturday. Go to NapaOnline.com for the location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. Arvada West Auto and Truck has been serving all of Western Arvada, Golden, and Wheat Ridge for more than 40 years, and they're proud to keep their customers' vehicles on the road. After starting out as a small gas station, they moved into their current building in 2004 at 11752 West 64th Avenue. Arvada West is a Napa Gold Shop, a designation only a few in the nation receive. And after 40 years of service, Arvada West Auto and Truck achieved the Napa Auto Care Shop of the Year for the Rocky Mountain Division of Napa. They'd be thrilled to welcome you to their family. Stop by or call Arvada West Auto and Truck, 11752 West 64th Avenue, just west of Sims, or call them at 303-422-1065. All right, we're back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. And Ken and I, by the way, are just talking some insurance stuff with the family member of his through the break there. And that's another question. If any of you guys ever have a question on, hey, I've been in an accident. This is what's being offered. Uh, you know, uh, Really, folks, I will help you through this. All you have to do is email me your sheet. You can go right to the website, drive-radio.com, and do it that way. Or just send me an email directly, j-o-h-n, at drive-radio or drive-radio.com. And I can look through things and tell you, you know, here's here's your best bet or here's your options. And Because typically, the I was just looking at a disclaimer a moment ago that Ken showed me. It, it'll show you everything right there in front of you as to how it's working and what you're going to get. And I can help you make some of those decisions and, yeah. and you know, what's the right direction to, to go or not go. And, and what I will tell you is typically speaking, this is a great topic, by the way. Yeah. If you've had a vehicle that's been totaled, whether it was your fault or somebody else's, and you're now talking to an insurance company, yours or someone else's, and they're offering you a buyout or you can keep the car and they still give you X amount of dollars. Rarely is the case, especially now, rarely is the case where you're going to be better off keeping your car and fixing it. You're typically better off taking the cash, letting them keep the car, and doing something else. And the reason I say that is unless you've got the ability yourself to fix some of the things that are going to come back, you know, that, that, that happened from the accident and the damage, unless you've got the ability to do some of that yourself, getting that in, getting it fixed, right. and doing it halfway reasonable... It's not happening right now. Right. So at this point, take the money, go buy something else, and call it good. I know that's a challenge because there's not a lot to buy, and I fully understand that. But even with that said, I would typically take the money and give them the car and let someone else deal with it. That's my feeling on things. Now, again, each one of these has their own circumstances. It depends on the damage, what happened, and so on. And those are things, again, that we can walk you through. But generally speaking, I would do what I just said. Aaron and Golden, you're next. Yeah. Hey, I was curious, uh, potentially looking for a new uh, half-ton pickup truck for a, a work vehicle um, and uh, looking at uh, between maybe the Silverado and the Dodge uh diesel versions or maybe the colorado and i was curious on your thoughts on which one of those has had the least amount of issues with the diesel engine specifically in the half tons 
the well the Colorado, which again you could call it a half ton, but it's under yeah it's technically under a half ton although the diesel gvwr will be as almost as much as a regular you know half ton gas would be they have had a few issues with the inline six on the you know the larger uh diesel in in the half tons although it's been pretty good there's been a few issues with that now what i will tell you is if you can find one good luck because (laughs) they've stopped all production on that you can't even order a new diesel right now in that half ton either a yukon or a suburban or a or a truck. Oh, really? I, I would okay. stay away from the Dodge. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Dodge, but you've had so many issues with that diesel engine, your Eco Diesel on that one, whether it be in a, a truck or a Jeep or a whatever. I I would stay away from the Dodge version, Aaron. Okay, yeah, that was kind of my feeling. I didn't really want to get a Fiat diesel, so yeah. And I'm sorry that I have to say that, but you know, it just yeah. it is what it is. Now, I'll, and again, I've owned two of the. 2.8 liter four cylinder diesels in the Colorados. They work great. There's all sorts of upgrades you can do on those. Uh, it's been pretty solid. Yeah, there's some guys out there that'll knock it as far as you know not having the longevity they think. But these are guys that are typically doing things to it that you wouldn't normally do anyways. Jumping them yeah. and yeah, climbing they're doing crap to it that shouldn't be getting done anyways, either. Aaron. So so disregard yeah. all of that. It's actually been a very solid engine for them on that vehicle. Yeah. But again, okay. this is the last year for it. It will not be available in 2023. Oh really? Okay. And if you can find one again now, good luck. Lucky. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And why why do you want to go with a diesel? Uh, range and and I have a lot of diesel at the farm. Oh yeah. Sure. And you're, you're yeah, like okay. me. I mean, I'm just yeah. a, if I can buy it in diesel, I will. Sure. I'm kind of like you. I've got yeah. fuel and makes sense. You know, and, yeah. and the longevity is is mm-hmm. much better. And the fuel economy. I mean, my little. My little 2.8, and this is ZR2, they don't get as good economy as a regular Colorado does. My ZR2 will do 22, 23 miles a gallon all day long. Yeah. Right. You won't do yeah. that in a gas and engine one. Pretty close. Nice. Oh, you are? Yeah, good I'm getting you. 20. Okay, mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Well, and, and with the issues that you have with the direct injection now on the gas engines, it's like, well, you might as well just get a diesel. Sure. And- then you only have to worry about the after treatment. There, right. there is that. You, yeah. you, you are, you know, keep in mind you are on the diesel run on the def, which you know Ken on his gas engine does not have to do. But right, yeah, right. You know, but, but is yeah, is what it is. I, you know, it's whatever works best for yeah. your application. And you got, like I said, you got diesel on the farm. That makes yeah. And, and the yeah. best thing I like about the diesel is, of course, you go up the hill, you go over I seventy or whatever, and I mean, I can outrun anybody that I want to run up the yeah. hill. You know, unless somebody's got right. a supercharged you know whatever sure. you know you can pretty much with the turbo just pretty much run up there and on, do whatever you want to yeah john on that on that the little bit i've looked between the colorado and the silverado it looks like say the z71 colorado uh has the remote key but is it a, a full keyless or does it still have a key that you have to use for the ignition still has a key uh, yeah. as of 21 yeah, yeah mind it my yeah. 20 does yeah yeah. yeah, I don't know about the 22s if they went keyless or not. not I don't sure. know on that yeah. one, Aaron. I have not driven one. If you can actually right. go on uh, some of the car magazines on YouTube and stuff like that, and they'll well, it'll tell, they'll, it'll tell they'll, you on the website they'll, too. They'll, they'll do a complaint on that, you yeah. know, because it's yeah. like, oh, it had a key. It's like, well, whatever, right? You know, <laughs> yeah, mine has a key. <laughs> yeah, it's, well, you know, it's not a. I don't. It's not a huge issue you're right, for me. Exactly. No, it's, it's not. not. Well, it's I mean, I was looking at the pricing between that and the. This half the fifteen hundred, and you're like four thousand dollars more for the Silverado, and you get the full keyless fog with the Silverado. You do yeah, right, but, yeah. You do, and it's and you're getting a large. I mean, no doubt you're getting a larger truck 
as well. I'm not saying the capacity is any bigger. It just it, again, they're two different trucks. Depends on what you're going to be doing with the yeah. truck and yeah. what you're hauling and what you're doing and so on. I mean, I love the size of mine for driving around, parking, all that kind of stuff. It, to me, yeah. it's more convenient than a full size truck, you know, here in town, oh. especially. But yeah, I, at me, it is at what wo- it is. Me at work, I can park my Colorado in my normal parking spot. If I take my truck, it's or my other right. truck, it's not going to fit. So it's uh, yeah. yeah. There you yeah, go. The, the, the Colorado is that much easier to park. Than oh yeah. Aston. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, no comparison. I mean, I mean, but it's not the same truck, you know. I mean, you've got a shorter bed. You've got, Great the, point. you know. I mean, it, it's just it's not. It's not apples to apples. You're right. Yeah, you're not going to put a four by eight. Oranges. That's yeah, right. you're not going to put a four by eight sheet of plywood back there no. or anything like that. But um, no, you know, but so they, really just looking for hauling shovels and tools out sure. to job sites. Perfect. Oh, I work great so, for that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The shorter wheelbase. The yeah. you know the How, how's the rear seat. Uh, Leg. It's not bad. Leg I mean, you're not going to put an adult in there for a really long time, but some kids would be fine. Yeah. Uh, you mean you can you I put mean, somebody back there and go to the airport and back? I have. Yes, it yeah. does do that. But yeah. That's about the extent of it. Yeah, it's not huge, and it depends, of course, how much room you got, how far back the front seats right. are, too. But yeah, right. Um, in I have, my world, it's folded down most of the time, and I've got stuff <laughs> I put back there all the time, so I don't use the seat much, anyways. Right. right. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah, and me either. You know, I, and, I bought, and I like that it's flat. Yeah, I bought my car or my okay. Colorado for for that. Exactly. I bought it for me. It's for me. I'm right. driving it, so yeah. Right. Yeah. And um, so, but yeah, I I had a six, well, he's six foot two. Back there for you know for about forty five minutes, and he says it was kind of cramped. Oh, it's tight, but yeah, yeah. but yeah, you can do yeah. it. You can get by with it. But yeah. Sure. Yeah, it sounds like the Colorado probably fit the bill better for what I need. You, you just got to go find one now. Aaron. I yeah, and, and yeah. <laughs> when I was pricing mine, mine was about ten thousand less than the Silverado. So yeah. Uh, it? Yeah. that was uh, yeah. that was one of the bigger things. Yeah, sure. I didn't need another big truck. Right. So just got to yeah. find it. Yeah. Just, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's a few out there. I just have to drive about yes. 400 miles to go pick one up. Well, well I, I would, jump on I would it now. right now. Go get it. Yeah. You're, you're yeah. not going to go wrong finding one. If you can find one, you're not going to lose any money on it. Yeah. Right. Are they, so are they making the Colorado diesel any? You said they're stopping. After this year, it's too. done. Hmm. They're not okay. doing 23s on them. They're, they're going to go all to the four-cylinder turbo engine from this point on. Yeah. Would you have any... Well, I guess it doesn't really matter for parts availability and. No, you'll have plenty years. of parts around for them. They, they built enough yeah. of them. That's going to be an yeah. issue because they started that. Okay. In and there's 15, guys, I think. And there's guys yeah. doing aftermarket stuff and so on, Aaron. Yeah. So it's got kind of yeah. a cult following on that. So no, yeah. that's not going to be an issue. Okay. Um, yeah, you'll have no problem. The ZR2 has different suspension than the Z71s. The C71s they made millions of. Those, yeah, there's tons so, of them. Yeah, okay. not so, a problem. Yeah. So you, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to get into the because driving highway a lot. I wouldn't want the higher. Right. Yep, it's yep. loud. It's louder for sure. Sure, you're yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, you, you got time for a, a, another comment? Sure, or, go ahead. Uh, we got a minute. Go ahead. You're fine. Go ahead. So, so I got a a '96 uh, Chevy K2500 with the 5.7 Vortec, and I thought I was having another issue with the uh, the Spider fuel injection, which yep. I'd already already replaced with the updated AC Delco one. Mm-hmm. So I swapped in swapped in another one. I was still getting this, which sounded like a spark knock. Uh, and, and I narrowed it down to the one cylinder, and I never did a uh, compression test on the on number four and six. But I, I yanked the engine out, pulled the head off. The head gasket was blown right between the two cylinders, yep. right through both compression yep. uh, rings. We've seen yep. that at about two hundred. Seen that two hundred twenty-five thousand miles or so. Yep. No, this this engine uh, come at, well come out of an insurance wreck truck, but it, the truck on. That I come out of only had 160 on it. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, my brother's lasted his is 98, but yeah, it lasted about 225. But yeah, yeah. 
So I thought that was, uh, I never run across that before where. Blew between two? Get, yeah. Well, bl- blown between two and yeah. caused what sounded like a spark knock. Yeah. Because I could unhook the spark plug to the to number two or number four cylinder. It was blown between four and six. Sure. Number four cylinder, and then it wouldn't knock anymore. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, bummer. Uh, and and then and then of course the head on that side was cracked on on the number four cylinder right into the water gasket. Yeah. Water jacket. Yeah. So you're getting coolant in there. Yeah. Yep. Aaron, I got to run. Appreciate it very okay. much. Thanks. Let us know how you come out when it comes to you know buying that. And uh, we'll be back. Stu, hang tight. You've got a question on the same type of a truck. We'll come right back to you as well. So don't go anywhere. Uh, second hour is up. We got one more full hour coming your way. Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.